0: of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Hello, and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. Before I introduce our guest today, I wanted to introduce you guys to a new show. It is called Translating Love, and it's about long-distance relationships. And I'm actually going to let them explain it before we get back to our regularly scheduled programming.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Danny. And Wojfi. From the podcast Translating Translating Love.
0: Love. And yes, we know what you're thinking. Another relationship podcast.
1: However, since I am from the US.
0: And I'm from Austria.
1: We think that there is a unique twist on the genre.
0: With relatable topics and interesting guests, we're trying to provide some helpful insights, give helpful tips, and also make you laugh.
1: Our topics for Translating Love include mental health, trauma, anxiety, long-distance relationships, being married, sex, and many other subjects concerning all types of relationships, not only romantic ones.
0: And our goal is not to only strengthen our bond and spend more quality time together making Translating Love, but also to try to be more mindful, learn new things about these topics and ourselves, and become more well-rounded human beings therefore we also talk about subjects that are important to talk about and relatable in this day and age.
1: You can listen to Translating Love on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.
0: Doesn't that sound dope? I really love the concept, but back to the regularly scheduled programming. I am here today with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and we are going to talk about inspiration and whatever else, you know, comes up as usual. So how are you today, Genesis?
1: I'm doing well, Kara. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm very excited to talk to you. I actually listened to one of your podcasts, the most recent one, I think, and this one's come out since then, about inspiration. And yeah. it was super, super, it was, I I don't know how to exp- express it. I think it was very calming. And like there was a very calm confidence about it that I really, really enjoyed. Is that what you're going for?
1: Uh, It kind of depends Depends on the vibe that I'm feeling and how the inspiration comes to me um, in the moment because I kind of do my podcast ad hoc. Whenever an idea pops in my head, I'll be like, hey, this would be a good segment. If I'm feeling this, maybe somebody else may feel it.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's so many times I jot down. I'm like, oh, here's something I'm struggling with. I should talk about it. So um, I guess I would start with what inspired you to do an episode about inspiration?
1: So I guess what really inspired me was... That morning, I was kind of feeling a little bit blue and I have a friend who's going through some difficulties right now. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make a podcast episode in honor of how I'm feeling, but also in honor of her, because I think that we all need somebody to give us a little inspiration, some hope and shed light on our current situations, because when you turn on the news, you know daily you see so many so many stories of gun violence you also see the pandemic stuff running across the headlines and you see other things and it's just emotionally draining. I was like, mm-hmm. where's the good news? And then, <laughs> then I listened to this radio station called um, NGen Radio. It's 91.7. It's CHH, which is like Christian hip hop and pop. And um, in the morning, there's a guy called Marcus in the morning and he gets <laughs> good news. And every like every day he does a good news story. So I was like, you know what? Today's going to be my good news story of inspiration.
0: <laughs> I really like that. I really like that. And I think that It's really cool because you talked, you touched on a couple of things that I think about inspiration. So you said, you know, sometimes you need someone else to lift you up. And at the same time, sometimes it can, like inspiration can come from a desire to help other people, you know, because you're talking about your friend was down and it's like, you know what, maybe I can lift her up. And in doing so, you sort of lift yourself up as well.
1: Absolutely, because you just never—you just never know what somebody's going through. They may be smiling on the outside but hurting on the inside, and they may be crying out for help, but they may not necessarily know how to approach you as their friend and say, "Hey, I need some help." Or you just never know what somebody is going through.
0: Hmm, that's so true. I uh, I find <laughs> I find that like like maybe I'm maybe a bit of a cynic, but I I almost think that that's true of everybody at different mm-hmm. points is, you know, like we all struggle, we all have our moments. And so, uh, so yeah, like it's one of those, I don't, I don't want to say tricks. I don't like the word trick, but it's one of those phenomena that really, really is incredible is, you know, I, I mean, I remember one time, okay, this is a really weird story and it's going to sound a little off track, <laughs> uh, but I was, I was at a mall one time and this this man was walking by me and he's like, you eat too much. And I was like, oh, and, and I was so hurt. And all of a sudden I had this idea and and it was, it seemed like a really weird idea. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Wait, can we just pause for a second there and kind of dissect that? So you were walking by and a man told you that you eat too much? Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Like if you would have saw my is... facial expressions, I would have been like, <laughs> "Is this dude flipping serious?" But go ahead. Oh uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna act like I was like, "Oh, that's no big deal." You know, like it really, really bothered me, and uh, and I mean, you know, like now it's kind of a cool story because all of a sudden, where normally I would like ruminate in it and be upset and and just really think about like, "Oh, people are so cruel," and et cetera, et cetera. Instead of doing that, I had this moment of inspiration. I had this moment of inspiration. I don't know how to stop that. That's a sound outside. Um, Where I was like, you know what? I'm going to like, if this guy's walking around the mall doing all of this, like just saying mean stuff to people randomly, I'm going to go and I'm going to say something nice to like five different people. I'm just going to like look for five people I can say something nice to. And it completely turned it around. And it was really a transformative moment for me. Um, I
1: love the ending to that story because you see how this guy was just mean and nasty and just walked by you and said, hey, you eat too much and it bothered you. But then you flip the negative into a positive and you said, you know what? Even though th- this jerk told me that I eat too much and it affected my emotions, I'm not going to let my emotions stay in this place. And I'm going to pour out to five people to bless and brighten their day.
0: Yeah, and and what's cool is that it just it just sort of came into my head and it was certainly not like like I wasn't I wasn't very um emotionally educated at the time, so it's not like I was like, "All right, how do I get out of this negative space?" It just popped into my head and it it was like this huge lesson, you know, where it's like, "Oh, hey, you know, we have we have there's so much power in giving, you know, so that when people take from you, sometimes, sometimes the best way to recover is is to voluntarily give more of yourself.
1: Yeah, I can see that in that viewpoint, and then I can I also see it in another viewpoint because sometimes people are like takers. Mm -hmm. Um, and other people are givers but then when you have givers like we just give and give and give because it feels good to to give and that's who we are but then the takers just keep taking taking Mm. taking and it depletes us and then we just feel burnt out because we may not necessarily know how to say no or set up those healthy boundaries so we as individuals have to know how to balance between givers and takers and how do we own in on that because yes we want to give we want to be nice we want to be genuine but if we have people who are connected to us that are just takers and stuff you, uh, what good is it to pour from your cup if you don't allow your cup to fill back up
0: I, I 100% agree with that and and like i spend a lot of time thinking about all of these you know dichotomies and paradoxes and when when i look at that the way that the way that i've been able to reconcile it as someone who wants to give and give and give is like you're, you're, you're referencing the can't pour out of an empty cup. That's exactly what I try to look at is if I give too much, then there's nothing left for anybody, including myself. Mm-hmm.
1: I like how you said that, Kara, because what does Kara do to refuel herself whenever you are giving too much and you're pouring out to others? What is your self-care? What does your self-awareness look like? And how do you fill your jar back up once you have already been pouring it out?
0: Well, you know, I was actually about to ask you that, but I, <laughs> um, I I do have answers to that. So for sure, as far as the self-awareness goes and the boundaries goes, I look at how am I feeling? And I was actually just saying to my boyfriend yesterday, um, one of the things that I do is I try to apply filters, right? So when people, I feel like people are asking too much of me instead of just like, because we all have these filters through everything we think, Right. And so someone yesterday is actually, as an example, this is why it came up, is he kept messaging me and he wanted to talk about work stuff. And I was like, "Like, I'm not free right now. I have other things going on and I'm not free. And then he stopped messaging me after I said, look, I'm not free today, but I might be able to pencil you in tomorrow. And I could tell that it was <laughs> quite possible that he felt um, that that was rude. And so as I'm thinking about these things, one of the things that came into my mind is, would that be rude if it were coming from a man? You know, and I really don't think that it would. I mean, especially when you're talking about work, right? I mean, if it was like a social thing, if he was coming to me and saying that like some tragic thing had happened and he needed help, a little different. But yeah. if a man says, I'm not working Sunday, you'll have to talk to me tomorrow or I'll pencil you in tomorrow. That's not considered rude. But, you know, women are expected to be a lot more... um mild-mannered and stuff like that. So I try to apply these filters to counteract some of the training I've had about being, you know, perfectly polite, when really sometimes I just need space for myself.
1: And I, and I like how you said that because you realized that he was messaging you, messaging you, messaging you. You also realized that you were busy and you just did not have time to fit it fit him into your schedule. So you said, Hey, I'm busy. I could pencil you into tomorrow. But on the receiving end, he probably took it as rude, not really understanding what you had going on on your end. But then why do we as women have to constantly bend and break who we are, if a male is not going to do that for us. And I feel like it's double standards. And it's not okay. Because We're all busy, you know, Mm -hmm. and if he would have said if the roles would have been reversed and you were trying to get on his schedule and he told you that he was busy and he would pencil you in, would you have felt some other some other way? So I feel like we have to understand that everyone is busy and we do have to work to get things done, but you also have to respect that people do have schedules and they do have boundaries. So I guess that's part of self care and self awareness too. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that you stuck to your guns and you didn't bend at his beckoning call.
0: Well, yeah. And that's exactly, (laughs) exactly what I was, you know, going for is, is I'm trying to take care of myself because who I am and what I contribute is important. You know, it's important for me and it's important for other people. And so I try to be mindful of that. And then like, I mean, and the other thing that I find interesting, so it's a bit of a tangent. I know this is an inspiration related. Um, but the other thing that I find really interesting when I was talking to my boyfriend about that situation and, the, and you know, about the, the frustrating, you know, sort of double standard and stuff like that, because I think that it's not even that he's a man that it was taken that way. I think other women would too, right? Because we all sort of build onto this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, I whenever I think about, like, okay, so I'll explain what I mean. And um, so I always think about the, I don't want to go too far in the other direction in any of of, of that stuff, you know? Um, and so I always try to, like, when I think about, fuck, it's, or, oh, sorry, Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. Um Dang, it is so frustrating that... Uh,
1: <laughs> you could be like, ah, oh, shiitakey mushroom, or ah, oh, fudgesicle, or whatever. But no, <laughs> we all have grace and, and mercy, and sometimes those words just roll out, but and <laughs> we just have to say, so I'm sorry, and keep it going. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah, I try to be respectful. Like, I mean, I, I realize that, yeah, like, I mean, I, I guess you didn't tell me that, but I assumed that it would be not something you'd love to hear. Uh, <laughs> but, uh So, you know, I look at, like, oh, it's so frustrating because, you know, men are like this and women don't have this opportunity and it's, uh But then I look at, okay, but, like, if I was working an office job, which I have, and something really stressful happens, which has happened, and I cry, I'm not going to lose the respect of everyone in the office. I know that that happens to men, right? And so, like, it's such a hard... Oh, I just wish the people would be nice to each other and let them be human, you know.
1: I wish the same thing too, but it's it's definitely hard, especially what industry you're in. Cause um, I spent a total of 15 years in corporate America, but 12 of those years were spent in oil and gas, which is a which is a male-dominated industry. <laughs> yes. So when I've worked you're a, in oil and
0: gas gas too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you're a woman in a male-dominated field, you have to hold yourself up. With... You know certain certain standards and then sometimes you find yourself you know being a woman but then not necessarily acting like a man but you pick up male tendencies because you have to be aggressive in order for your point Mm -hmm. to get across because if you're not aggressive then they're not really going to receive the message that you're you're trying to convey or they're gonna kind of tiptoe around you or just blatantly ignore you so then you find yourself just putting on this aggressive stance and then they say oh you're too aggressive when in reality if I end up being passive are you going to hear the message that I'm going that I'm trying to convey are you trying to listen to my idea and yes you're giving me a seat at the table but am I just being seen or am I being heard because I have the same experience the same degree and etc so I'm a I'm one of the team members just like you are the only thing is what you have you have you know testicles and I have a vagina, <laughs> but we're still human beings who are educated individuals. So you see kind of how the double standards is there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and and the frustrating <laughs> thing, like you're like you were just sort of like lightly touching on, is the word to describe the exact same behavior from a woman is different than it is for a man because aggressive behavior from a woman or bitchy behavior from a woman or catty or naggy or any of these words that they use to describe women are seen as confidence and leadership in men and it oh it makes me mad yes. <laughs>
1: want To cringe, or it makes you want to just grab your fingers and scratch the chalkboard because you're like, if Steve or Bob or John or Daniel says that, it's like, Yeah, great job, dude. Love the confidence, but then you have you know, Genesis, Susie, Becky, Karen, or whatnot, they say the same thing. They're like, Golly, do you have to be that aggressive? Do you have to be that boss be? Do you have to be that way? And I'm like, Seriously, I just said the same exact thing that he said as a male, but then you see how the lenses are looked at differently.
0: Yeah, and it's really, really frustrating. Like I just wish, like I said, I wish people would step back and really look at, you know, especially in situations like that, like, you know, someone's value and merit, like that kind of thing to me has... A lot to do with the whole uh, concept of trust and benefit of the doubt, right? Is if it's coming from a man, they trust it, so they don't they don't take it poorly. But they don't have that level of trust clearly with women, you know. So they don't give them the benefit of the doubt, and they take it poorly. And it's it's. It's so frustrating.
1: (laughs) It is frustrating, and that's why we as women who both work in the oil and gas and energy sector have to really inspire other women who are aspiring to break through that industry and climb the corporate ladder that even though you're a woman in a male-dominated field, and you're in a particular industry that is not really accept, accepted by the males. Don't shrink back on who you mm-hmm. are. Be who you want to be and not what they want you to be. And really look for that insp- inspiration. Look for that motivation. Look for that encouragement because there's going to be another woman that wants to come up and mm-hmm. behind you. There's going to be future generations that are, o- are going to come along behind us that want to aspire to do what we're doing or hell there's going to be maybe some some young girl that's in our life whether they're our our niece our little sister or whatever that is aspiring to have a seat at the table but they may not see someone who is a strong woman leader that has you know compassion is Mm -hmm. empathetic is sympathetic and has all these qualities where they're not docile because there's so many women that are docile because they feel like if they take ownership and they speak out or they speak out and too often others are going to perceive them a certain way. So then they kind of demean who they are and they kind of try to, you know, diminish, d- diminish some of their gifts, skills and talents mm-hmm. to appease other people when internally all that is doing is making them upset frustrated anger and etc and that's not okay to subconsciously demean who we are at the appeasement of other people and hell that's not really inspirational
0: oh my goodness that's so true everything you just said is so true I um uh, this is uh, okay I have so many feelings right now so
1: I'm
0: just uh, yeah, like as far as like the way that we view ourselves and how much that's impacted by these dynamics that go on large scale and individual relationship dynamics and stuff like that are huge. And it's amazing to me how easy it is to miss. Um, I had someone advise me the other day to look myself in the mirror and do affirmations because people say to do affirmations and um and and I've always struggled with affirmations. They said, "Well, you got to look yourself in the eye and do affirmations," mm-hmm. and I couldn't look at myself in the eye for more than like fifteen seconds without wanting to cry, which Why? is crazy. I don't know. I don't know because I think of myself as someone who loves myself. I think of myself as someone who's confident, but clearly there's something going on there, you know. So so the next day, this was two days ago. So the next day, I. Did it for a minute solid. I was like, I'm doing this. Like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, like if if this really is a, a problem, then I need to solve it. But uh, but isn't that interesting? Like, you just you don't even recognize it sometimes.
1: You, yeah, it's kind of hard to rec- to recognize it, but then you kind of have to f- have to kind of force yourself. And I did a podcast segment on this earlier on my show about self talk and affirmation. So I guess just to like <laughs> have a little fun pause here, I kind of want you to just hold yourself and give yourself a big bear hug, and just just give yourself a hug and just embrace the love and just kind of feel the warmth of your hands wrapped around your body and let that, you know, ignite that positive energy and vibration in you and then kind of just close your eyes and envision yourself how you want to be perceived by you and how you want to be perceived by other people and kind of zone out. And then as now as your mind is clear, then you'll be able to really have, you know, those positive self affirmations kind of flow through. So just ask yourself, who is Kara? What is my mission? What is my purpose? And just say, I like I am strong, I am healthy, I am whole, I am loved, I am gifted, I am a podcaster, I'm a <laughs> podcast host. And you start to recite all the things that Kira is, and then you'll easily see how you'll be able to convey your affirmations in the morning. Cause you said you started by. 15 seconds and you couldn't look yourself in the eye for 15 seconds, (laughs) but you have to see what is the root cause that is Mm -hmm. causing you not to be able to do self affirmations with yourself, because the mirror is revealing who you are. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of pay attention on who is kira look at your outward appearance but then also internalize on who you who you are as a woman like what are some of the the gifts the traits and the qualities that you have what are some of your strengths that you want the world to see? And you kind of think about what is the legacy that I want to leave behind for future generations? And then you build upon that and you'll easily see how Kara's affirmations are going to show up and be present. So that's just a little tip and trick that I do. Um, and you know, I do coaching on the side. So
0: obviously, yeah. yeah. I like
1: <laughs> so I hope that little, I hope that little um, method helped you in that short glimpse. So just try that. Um, tomorrow. That was
0: yeah, that was incredible. And I think, um, correct me if I misunderstood, that you're saying that instead of deciding on affirmations, you you listen for the affirmations.
1: Yes, you could listen for the affirmations, and then as you begin to listen, then it'll help you decide the affirmations that you want to build into your core day to help you jumpstart and ignite your day. And I um, recommend people doing it in the morning because if you start off your day on a positive note, you're gonna end on a positive note and a positive high. But if you start off listening to negativity, listening to things that are just gonna bring you down, then your day is gonna get off to a rocky start yes it's gonna it'll get better and balance out but you also want to want to be sure that you're speaking right words over yourself and planting Mm -hmm. seeds that are going to reap a harvest
0: yes yes that's was that
1: helpful (laughs) that is
0: that's super helpful that's super helpful um i love when that happens when it's just like you know (laughs) we're just like having a conversation and then someone's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you with this with this thing right now um, it's very very kind and it actually leads me to a question that I have before we move into the uh, the uh, where people can find you which is a very exciting part for me um, but before we move into that I was wondering so you used to work in um, big energy you used to work in corporate America and now you're doing this incredible podcast and you're doing coaching what what was the catalyst for, I mean, it's pretty radically different lifestyle. <laughs> so what was the catalyst for that?
1: Um, the catalyst one was frustration, just um, being in a oil and gas industry. Hold on one second. Do you hear that background noise? I, I do, but the that's cost. okay.
0: Um, so yeah, she's she's just about to tell us about the uh, the catalyst, and I'm just kind of filling airspace right now. So um, <laughs>
1: sorry, okay. I had to let my <laughs> that I was recording. Okay, so the catalyst that helped me kind of jumpstart and push me into you know podcasting, being an author, also now coaching clients is a day of frustration in corporate America. So I just got tired of you know bending and bending and breaking. I got tired of not feeling valuable. I got mm-hmm. tired of being seen and not really being heard. So I kid you not, there was one day after a performance review where I just like pulled out my phone and I put down the words chocolate drop in corporate America. And I did that because I was like, I'm black slash African-American and I work in corporate America. So I'm that chocolate drop in corporate America. And I wrote about three sentences and I left it alone. Little did I know that was going to turn into a full blown book. My book ended up being the tangible vehicle to help me unlock, you know, speaking engagements, podcasting and et cetera. Cause I was like, I don't want to talk to people that, that I don't know. Like, how am I going to look on camera? Is my hair done right? Or, (laughs) or do I have to put on makeup because I have no Mm -hmm. idea how to put on makeup or whatnot. And quite frankly speaking, I don't want to learn how to put on makeup just for other people to be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, she looks good or whatnot. I just want to be me and be authentic.
0: For what it's worth. I think that you're very, very pretty. So
1: (laughs) thank you. So (laughs) So that helped me kind of you know just jumpstart it and it was a big change and I definitely had to pivot it wasn't easy especially when I wrote my book I didn't even own a laptop so I wrote my entire book on my cell phone I can't oh <laughs> yes that's this, incredible this phone, like I wrote it on my phone then um my publisher ended up telling me, hey, you can't submit your book like on this with this notes app. So my husband was, <laughs> bought me a laptop and I had to transfer everything over. So I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's a hashtag millennial for you. You know, <laughs> we're always going to find a way. Yeah. <laughs> Things kind of just fell um, fell in place. And then I ended up getting laid off. Um, they told me I was getting laid off the week after my father passed. My dad oh, passed November yeah. 25th last year. A week later, December 1st, I found out that I was being laid off. And then they allowed me to work up, up until February this year. So February 15th was my last day on payroll. So now okay. I am... Free as a bird. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I'm free as a bird. Doing entrepreneurship, podcasting, speaking engagements, and now coaching clients on how I went from you know 15 years in corporate America, 12 years in oil and gas and energy, and now to author, entrepreneur, motivational speaker. And it definitely has um, definitely took you know a leap of faith. It also took courage and bravery, but there was also fear that was you know, mm-hmm. in there because you're now going from having that, you know, that substance, you're having that security, yes, yeah. that security, that nine to five, or whatnot, that that constant paycheck coming in. And now you're like hustling and grinding, like to really make make that money. But when you control your own own time, and you're building your own empire, it's very rewarding, because sometimes people see you one way, but they don't know, like what's behind the book cover, unless they mm-hmm. read the cover, or they don't know what's, what's in your mind but I definitely want to encourage like listeners out there is never never give up on your dreams and your vision because there's always going to be someone who's watching you who's aspiring to do what you want to do but they may (laughs) not necessarily know how to start and sometimes you just got to be ballsy and say you know what I'm gonna jump and you know I'm going I'm, to, I may fail, I may slip, I may trip, I may fall, but I'm going to dust my shoulders off and get back up because this is my brand I'm building. This is my business. This is my empire. This is my legacy. This is the foundation that I'm laying, not only for me, but people who are aspiring to do what I'm doing and future generations to come. So you have to articulate what's your why and why why are you doing what you're doing? who's your, who, and your, who's your audience. And then you have to have fun doing it.
0: Yes. Oh my God. You said so many good things. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I feel very, very grateful to have gotten, you know, this opportunity. Um, and, you know, I, I remember reading, reading about you and I didn't even see the the book title. That's incredible. I didn't realize it started with a book. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember From the Pit to the Palace. Yeah. 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 It's
1: called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. And I guess I'll unpack the title for you because it does sound controversial to someone seeing the book for the first time. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I came up with the name Chocolate Drop in Corporate America – One, I wanted to say Hershey Kiss, but I didn't want to be sued by the Hershey company (laughs) and I didn't want them to come after me. So I had to secure my bag. And then um, and I was like, okay, I am black and African-American, even though I'm first generation American. But I'm like, I'm that black girl in corporate America. But just because I'm black does not mean that I'm not about diversity equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. as you can see from the book cover there's people from all nationalities on the cover of the book and all Mm -hmm. industries to acknowledge that it takes all of us coming together no matter your background no matter your religion no matter your culture no matter what industry you're in it takes all of us being diverse equitable, and inclusive to come together and have a seat at the table. And then from the pit to the palace represents that sometimes we're going to go through dark seasons in our lives, but those dark seasons are going to be the seasons where seeds are planted and we're going to reap a harvest. And the harvest that we reap is going to be the light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be that season where we really appreciate how that darkness stretched us, how that darkness pulled us. How that mm-hmm. darkness helped us unlock our capabilities, how it really helped us ignite our gifts, our talents, how it fueled our passion that turned into our purpose. And now we're walking out our destiny assignment and calling. But if you never go through those dark seasons, if you never go through life and experience the, the life lessons that you learned from the dark season, how are you going to appreciate the light at the end? Un- At the end of the tunnel, how are you going to help other people that may be going through a similar situation?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I mean, I don't really even have anything to add to what you're saying. It's, it's very clear, easy to understand. And I agree so, so much. I mean, one of the things that I noticed right away about you and really admire, and the reason that I absolutely recommend people follow your podcast and read your book is that you... Like you and I are very clearly, you know, like we come from bit different lifestyles and and all of that stuff. And you don't make me feel alienated at all. And you make me feel hopeful and excited, you know, um, for myself and for the future. And I think that that's that's just a really incredible thing. And it's it's a uh, I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say talent, but it's it's a blessing to everybody that gets to encounter it. So Sorry.
1: No, no, no. And I was going to say, that's what it's all about, like just being humans, getting back to humanity, because there's so many people in the world that are doing cruel and evil things right now. When you see somebody else, you should see them as a human being and a person and just really get to know them, despite what what nationality that they are, despite what their race is, get to know them beyond their external features, beyond who they are outwardly, get to know them inwardly.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, and beyond labels too, right? Like you were talking yeah. about Christian hip hop and stuff like that. You know, um, I if I don't know if you'll ever have a chance, but you know, I've talked a little bit about I was being I was raised in the church and it was it was not a good experience for me mm-hmm. and caused a lot of real challenges with my faith. And I'm sure that you can sort of tell that I'm not, you know, a church-going Christian right now. Mm-hmm. And and that's what but I that's really
1: okay. that's, that's okay. what I
0: really appreciate, is because mm-hmm. A lot of people who are vocally Christian have been very, very judgmental of me. And I appreciate that you're not that way. It just just means a lot.
1: Well, I feel like we're all in different seasons of our life. And there are people who grew up in the church and they're just not in church right now because they go through church hurt where the church did something to make them look at the church differently or skew their outward appearance. And I feel like we all as individuals are all imperfect people that are trying to become better versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So even though someone does not necessarily believe what you believe, even though someone is not necessarily in the same religion as you are. Or share the same views does not mean that that person is a bad person, or does not mean that person is not worthy. They're just in a different season of their life, and you may never understand their back end story. But I think we all need to give each other grace and mercy because if I were to have my life put up on the screen, would people say that I've done everything in my life that was perfect and, and acceptable? No, because if you, if I look at myself, you know, back then there were some periods where you know I may not have been you know, a good, a good steward, or I may not have um, passed the test for judgment day, but, you know, I'm thankful for grace and I'm thankful for mercy. And I'm thankful Mm -hmm. that I'm a human being that, you know, wake that woke up to see another day. So I could start all over again. And people saw my flaws, despite it, people gave me forgiveness. And now that, you know, I'm forgiven, I could give hope back to other people and let them know it's okay. We're all going to, you know, be going through, you know, life, life is a journey. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a sprint. It's a marathon.
0: And yeah. So like, I just want to, I just want to make sure that I thank you. Thank you for that attitude and that, that the words that you're speaking, they're so kind and like it's a genuine, you know? Um, So before we go into our super fun game, um, can you just let people know so they know what the name of the book is? Is it available on Amazon or is it available everywhere? And what's the name of your podcast? All of that fun stuff.
1: Oh, oh Sorry. So once again, the name of my book is called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America: From the Pit to the Palace. The book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble's Book Mecca, and some of the other major bookstores. It's available for thirteen dollars, and the Kindle is only available for the first edition of my book, which is two dollars and ninety-nine cents. For those of you who are interested in listening to my podcast, it's called Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and it's on Anchor FM, Spotify. Spotify, Bleaker, and some of the other major podcast platforms. So make sure you check it out. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in getting to connect with me, you can find me on social media at Genesis Amaris Kemp on Facebook, Instagram. And that's me.
0: <laughs> yes. And I do want to make a note. If you don't find her podcast on one platform, try another. Yeah. Try another because I couldn't find her on Podcast Addict. And, and I went to Spotify and it was absolutely worth it.
1: <laughs> Yay!
0: So with that, we're going to play a game. So the country that Genesis has chosen is Nigeria. And so I'm going to ask ahead of time, anybody that's listening that's been to Nigeria, please forgive me if I mispronounce things or don't do the greatest job. So You
1: just made me crack up because I was about to say, what time is it? Game time. Like, what (laughs) about that movie?
0: (laughs) So... So um, for anyone who's tuning in for the first time, the game is, I go on the internet and find slang from other countries and I read them to the guests and the guests have to guess what they mean. So here we go. Um, how far? How far? hmm
1: Is that a slang?
0: Yep. Because it doesn't mean what it would mean here.
1: Hmm. Dang. Okay. So how far? What's going on, or how yeah. are you doing?
0: How's everything? Yeah, oh, yes!
1: <laughs> I won the game.
0: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we've also got you do well.
1: You do well. Yeah, they well. No, <laughs> uh, is, is your day is your day well, or are you doing well?
0: Uh, this says that it means thank you. So if if you were to give me a gift or or something I would say, my friend, you do well.
1: Oh, you do well. Oh, okay, like you did a good job or Mm -hmm. thank you. Okay, Mm -hmm. I got it.
0: So we're gonna try ones that I'm not sure I can pronounce. (laughs) So no wahala.
1: No wahala, yes, no worries. I know that one because I used to work for Nigerians. No wahala, no shaky, shaky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that means no problem, no worries, exactly. (laughs) Oh, you're so good at this game. Uh, Okay, we'll do two more. So, e don't do.
1: E don't do. E don't do. E don't do. He done good. E don't do. What? I don't know what that one is.
0: (laughs) It's uh, it's stop. Stop. So it says e don't do is as a sign or instruction is a word you cannot go without while traveling through Nigeria's big cities. That's all it says. It doesn't, Uh it doesn't elaborate. I thought it would. That's why I started reading it.
1: Uh, (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) And the last one we're going to do is I want chop.
1: Oh, I want chop. I want to eat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You're so good at this. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Do you have any closing words before, before I say goodbye to the, the audience?
1: I just want to read them a quote from the book. Yes. I have a reflection section in the book for, um, it's called Reflection Quotes. So I think this one sums it up great. Sometimes people place limitations on you because they do not want you to outshine them. Or there is a sense of jealousy or another complex issue. Let's help build up one another instead of tearing each other down.
0: Oh, I do like that. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so, so much, Genesis. I had so much fun.
1: Me too, Kara. Thank you again for having me on your podcast, your platform, and just sharing space with me. I hope our segment really blesses and inspires people out there listening.
0: I hope so too. And to my audience, I love you. Bye.